Welcome to the Path 5 Podcast. The Path 5 team is a dedicated group of professionals hailing from diverse backgrounds, all anchored in making the world a safer place. Thanks for joining us while we dive into today's topic. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Path 5 Podcast. We appreciate you taking some time out of your busy or not so busy day, depending on what you got going on, to uh, come and sit down with us and if not learn a little bit more about the world, just uh, refresh some of that knowledge and keep it at the forefront of your mind. Because this episode is important and it's really important because it involves, I would say, you know, one of the top three countries in the world potentially falling apart. And I currently rate the United States, China, and Russia. Well, maybe not even Russia anymore since they've kind of shown how shitty they are in Ukraine. But, you know, either way, they're they're up there in the global yeah, power spectrum for sure. And this past weekend, we actually watched one of those three almost completely fall apart, which is bonkers. <laughs> like it was, it was crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And there's a number of catalysts behind that. You know, these types of things don't just pop up overnight. And they require a, a protagonist, which in this case is uh, old Yevgeny Prigozhin, who is currently known as the leader of Wagner Group. Um, Wagner Group, or Wagner as they're known, are a Russian PMC, which is a private military contractor or company, depending on how you lay that acronym down. And uh, basically, this, this group of of gentlemen, shall we say, <laughs> they're not gentlemen at all, uh, have been recruited from... We could call them comrades. Comrade. <laughs> Com- comrades, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. Uh, they've been recruited out of Russia's uh, veteran population pretty heavily, uh, as well as their prison population, as uh, Pergozin has been on camera in, in some of Russia's prisons, openly recruiting for, for Wagner. So... It's an interesting mix of dudes that uh, seem to not really adhere to the Geneva Convention and, and are you know, correspondingly fairly effective on the battlefield in Ukraine. Um, we actually did an entire episode on these guys, so it's totally up to you. But uh, if you want to stop and hit pause on this one and, and go back in time a little bit, I think we put that one out about a month ago. Uh, let me, let me pull up the episode number here. Uh, 4.4. So it's this season, fourth episode. Yeah. Yeah. And and go ahead and check that one out. Uh, should give you some really good background and uh, a solid context of what Wagner is and, and what they've been up to and where they've been. Um, however, to continue my quick synopsis, uh, they're currently, Pretty heavily presenced in Venezuela, uh, Libya, Mali, and uh, Syria as well. And that's really where they got their start, 
was in Syria, uh, early 2010s. They popped up on, on the radar. Pergozin, interestingly enough, just to give you a little background on him, uh, he owned a, well, and still does own a very successful catering contracting business in Moscow that caters the Kremlin. Uh, <laughs> it's funny every time we say it, it's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what has earned him the title of, uh, or the nickname of Putin's chef, uh, because he has overseen a lot of functions at which Putin has been present. And that's kind of what got him his inroads in the Kremlin. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, it's suspected that that's also how money was laundered initially for uh, kind of underground security functions or some of the dirty work of the Kremlin uh, was passed to Pergozin via these catering contracts, which, by the way, we're talking about like, I think last year he made a billion dollars just on catering. Uh, what? That's wild. Yeah, they're not small. So That's crazy. There's a lot of room for a lot of money to move around. Uh, there's and then I guess, room for a lot of secrets to move around too. Then I guess Putin just kind of decided, eh, I'm tired of this hide game. I'm just going to state fund to this new Wagner group and just go for it. Like just full on blatantly state funded yeah. PMC private army. Forget all the cloak and dagger. We're just going to straight up. I mean, that's like open source Google mm-hmm. funded by the Kremlin. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it totally is. Totally is. Um, and now they're, they're very much out in the open with it. <laughs> because this past weekend, uh, basically what, what, what has been happening, you see what happened was uh, <laughs> Pergozin has been highly critical of Russian general staff recently mm-hmm. um, on his Telegram account, on other Wagner accounts, really, really criticizing the leadership or lack thereof. Uh, some of the decision-making, how communications have flowed, how logistics supplies have been levied, and especially ammunition. You know, these guys are, some of these guys are pretty hardened former convicts. Like, they're just there to fuck shit up, right? And so the the logistics, the conventional logistics um, becomes less important. And all of a sudden class five is, is the name of the game. You know, these guys just want to shoot <laughs> mm-hmm. right. and notably in the, the battle for, uh, Bakhmut, uh, Pergozin had criticized the, the Russian ministry of defense, basically saying the blood was on their hands for a large number of losses because this guy didn't have enough ammunition. So this tension has been building for quite some time. And uh, it, it really seemed to boil over. Uh, allegedly, the catalyst was a rocket strike on a rear Wagner base. Um, killed a bunch of guys. Hard to say. Russian Ministry of Defense has stated that it was a false flag operation. Um, it's kind of the, the pot calling the kettle black <laughs> in their case. Uh, so no it's... It's really hard to say exactly what's what. There's still 
you know, we're a couple of days out from that event now, and there's still a lot of ambiguity. There's still a lot of stuff that just doesn't quite make sense. Um, but with that being said, we're going to try to break it down for you guys into manageable bite-sized pieces because this is a very complex and uh, highly technical series of relationships. And at the end of the day, you know, they can really complicate things or they can, they can really improve a situation depending on what's going on. Um, you know, it, also at the end of the day, I think every person has their moment where they decide that enough is enough. And that could have just happened here. <laughs> you know, we can't, can't necessarily look at this through our, our calm armchairs in America perspective either there. There is a little bit of uh, we'll call it Russianness uh, in alignment with this event. And if it's you a good, use, it's a good way to describe it. Yeah. I don't know if that's a word yet or not, but it <laughs> definitely should be because it's uh, it, it's a heavy term. It's, it's weighted in a lot of history, uh, a lot of conquerings and, and conquerors. It's, it's just a very, those of you who have studied the history of Russia, you're going to understand what I mean. It's, it's very convoluted past. And I think that's going to lead to a very convoluted uh, present and future. Uh, unfortunately for a lot of those people. So let's dive into it. So when, when did this whole situation seem to uh, pick up Da Vinci? What was going on? So we've got a weird kind of private military contractor operating in a conventional war in Europe, you know, so you've got a lot of, weirdness happening there like we have a conventional war in europe uh yeah again right, right which is weird in itself right but now we've got this quote-unquote coup happening after a supposed rocket attack the, you know some friendly fire happening there building tension like you mentioned with a lack of logistical support and all this and uh i think Broneal called it an automatic a, sem a fully semi-automatic coup is i think what uh what Bill yeah. Neal had called it right he, he did yeah um so he'd make a great california senator <laughs> i picked up an ar-15 it weighs as much as 15 boxes that you would move um <laughs> i can't i don't think she's from california but um <laughs> if you know you know um but yeah so this is all picking up in uh rostov on don Russia, where Wagner has continued to have a, or Wagner has had a continued and significant presence. And they just said, all right, cool. Let's fully semi-automatically coup this bitch. And <laughs> clack, clack. like Pergozin just rallies the troops. They say, hey, I know we were going after Ukraine with the blue and the yellow flag, but now we're flipping and we're going against the old blue, red, and white, and we're just going to go for it. And you know what's wild about that? It was like the drop of a dime. Yeah. <laughs> like if you broadcast crazy out to that many different forces, 
like a warno, basically saying like, hey, dudes, we're about to turncoat. Prepare yourselves. There's no way that doesn't get blown out by intelligence services, like especially in Russia. Yeah. If there's that's anything good, they're good that's at. A great point. They're good at that. So I can only assume that these mm-hmm. guys literally did this switch at the drop of a dime. Just bink. Yeah. That's impressive. That is impressive. They should uh they should probably do our OPSEC commercials and posters uh for the US military in the future. <laughs> yeah. We could probably contract that out to old, Yeah, through Belarus. <laughs> Wagner. Yeah, through through old Belarus. Uh big I was coming up. I was trying to come up with an acronym. Basically Russia's little brother. Um Yeah. But yeah, so they just turn around, capture this city from Russia, private military contractors funded by the government, turns on their own government, takes a city and several surrounding Russian military bases, rallies roughly 30,000 troops and marches on the Kremlin. And I think they shoot down, what, four to six aircraft, I think is what we... I've heard it as high as eight. Really? Yeah. Because I know at least eight Russian pilots were killed. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's how you insurrect right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take notes, guys. It doesn't <laughs> look like... Um, buffalo helmet man? Yeah, buffalo man <laughs> crapping on Pelosi's desk or whatever he did. Oh, but, man. Yeah, that's that's a little different, right? This is, a, this is the real deal, okay? <laughs> um, and it's actually... It just blows my mind that they actually employed shoulder-mounted rockets. Like, they weren't like, hey, we're moving on the Kremlin to do this kumbaya march, right? Like, we're going to go protest, or the no. justice march, as Prozen right. calls it. It's like, no, we're going balls out. Like, oh, you see that helicopter over there? Yeah, watch this. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. But it, it it's it's like this the situation, I guess the best analogy I have for this is like someone who like has this pit bull and pit bulls are really sweet dogs, but if they have this pit bull and they just feed them and they train them nonstop to kill, kill, kill and fuck shit up and become a savage, and then all of a sudden one day the pit bull's like, I'm not being fed enough, I'm just gonna bite this dude's ankle. Right. Yeah. You know, it just all of a sudden turns and then you get to deal with the beast you created. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's really seemed to be what happened here. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, and I'd imagine since we had a really good model for this type of thing in a little place called Afghanistan, (laughs) did you see a, like a snowball effect take place? Yeah, was, so similar, very similar to our uh, our partners in the our, our friends, partners, previous friends or partners, however you want to label them, in the uh, the ANA, the Afghan National Army, and other elements of the Afghan security forces. Um, similar thing, where you know when the Taliban rolled on Kabul, people were literally hopping on like Afghan air force helicopters and hitching rides like, Oh yeah, we'll take you to the next base. No problem. Oh, you're mm-hmm. Taliban. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, we surrender. You want to ride? You know, we'll take you to the next village mm-hmm. uh, if you need a lift. So 
I don't think it was quite to that level, but there were definitely, uh, well, I won't say definitely. There's claims that Russian troops were basically, they saw the parade. They were like, oh, that looks like a parade that I want to be a part of. I want to go march on the Kremlin too, because I'm not getting fed. I'm not wanting to fight in this war either. And yeah, let's do that. Hey guys, we're rolling out. We're going with those comrades. Screw those other comrades. Very, very reminiscent of, yeah, how how the Taliban just kind of rolled up a significant portion of the Afghan security defense force um, a couple of years ago. Yeah. It just kind of shows that that level of disorganization mm-hmm. um, and also discontentment amongst the Russian formation right? as far as how things are going, how things have been going, and the fact that they've just been all-out cannon fodder for right. over a year now. Yep. Yeah. The uh, We can't feel good about that. Yeah. Whatever the timeline, original timeline promised from, from, by the Kremlin has been come and gone and now gone again mm-hmm. uh, more than you know a year and a half after or roughly a year and a half after all of this has kicked off so I, I'm sure that it was probably less than a month to Kiev and now we're 18 months into this thing Ukraine's on their counteroffensive so of course yeah these guys feel some type of discontentment and probably more philosophically aligned with Wagner than, uh, you know, than with their own disconnected command structure. So after all of this snowball, looks like we've got a convoy of roughly 30,000 fighters that are marching on Moscow in some type of weird, like approximation of World War II, you know, you're kind of like marching on Moscow and it's a weird sort of thing. There have been some uh, momentum from Wagner. So they're only like several hours away from Moscow at this point. And then they just turned around out of nowhere. Just, just skirt. It's like, I can't remember what movie it is, but it's like, okay, guys, the war is over. Like, we'll come back tomorrow. It's kind of a weird you know, it's like they're playing airsoft. They just decided, all right, time's up. I put my hand up and I just kind of walked off the field. It's uh, just a weird thing. But what's up, Boomer? I was just going to say, can you imagine being a Ukrainian and a Ukrainian soldier and getting the intel that Wagner's going the opposite direction? And then can you imagine being a Russian soldier in Moscow getting intel that Wagner's you need to start digging fighting positions. I mean, that's a the ultimate Uno reverse card. You know, and that's like my favorite thing about this is like you see all these photos coming out of Russia because they're like, oh, we got to cut, you know, massive trenches in our highways to stop their advancement. We got to, you know, put out these dump trucks full of whatever to try and stop their advancement. And then they're just like, yeah, we're uh we're going home now. So like, have fun repairing your roads, idiots. <laughs> Would have been yeah. sick if they started yeah. blowing bridges and stuff like that. <laughs> I think they were honestly moments away from it. They probably were. I mean, yeah. Wagner Group has reportedly shot down what four aircraft? Is that 
It's at I, least I've two, heard, but I've heard between four and not uh, four and seven. Four and seven. Wow. Yeah. So four and seven aircraft also taken down. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. So s- Sunday, total all stop. You know they hit the brakes on the train. It screeched to a, a halt on the tracks, and then everybody just kind of walked off into the into the Siberian tundra, uh, apparently, and. <laughs> Some weird, yeah, nobody knows what's going on, basically. Or we think we do, but maybe we don't. It's, uh, yeah, they're either, these guys are all either going, uh, returning to their fighting positions in Ukraine and or uh, heading over to Belarus. Yeah, and that's a result of old Vladimir Putin um, initially coming on strong indicating that all these guys are going to be punished uh, basically to the fullest extent of the law, that they're, they've stabbed Russia in the back. They're, you know, traitors of the worst, worst variety. And then all of a sudden, once again, that, that flip-flop happens, the Uno reverse card is played. And now these guys have a choice. <laughs> they can either join Russian MOD. They can sign a contract with the army. They can return home, which home for a lot of these guys is prison. So that's not really going to fly. Or they can go to Belarus with Evgeny and kind of live out the rest of their days in a, uh, what is basically a Soviet controlled state uh, at this time. So there's, there's definitely some weirdness going on. And like none of it makes sense, right? Like it just keeps getting odder and odder, more more odderer, if you will. Like, oh, we're we're pissed off about ammo and the fact that we got shelled, so we're gonna go march on Moscow, and then they're successful, which I don't think anyone really thought they would be. And then they get close, and then they turn around, and then it turns out that Lukashenko is the one behind this you know, playing the mediator role between Vladimir Putnam and, and Pergozin. Like you, you can't make this up. It's absolutely nuts. Boomer. So, well, I was just going to say, um, you know, what I just realized the, I think the U he, from the time that they initiated this, the thought, right. Of like, from the time Evgeny gave the order, to play his Uno reverse card to the time that he had that many packs and Vicks moving towards Moscow. He has streamlined the operations order process. Whatever he's got going Dude, on with Wagner. Isn't that crazy? I, I know these fucking dudes pulled up stakes. They're like, all right, we're going to Moscow. And everyone's like, wait, what? Just, and he's like, yeah, we're shooting down Russian helicopters. Everyone's like, Okay, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> Pack up our shit. That movement like, would have taken the Russian military three months to plan. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It would have taken ours three days. <laughs> and another nine months to execute. Like, come on. So there, there's a lesson here for a lot of people to learn from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hire convicts, apparently. That's the well, lesson. Yeah. That's the yeah, lesson. It's yeah, like, well, I mean, we don't have any loyalty to Moscow either. So, yeah, I guess we're going with what you say, dude. Yeah, no, they're like, oh, no you mean those fours that just bitch and moan the whole time? <laughs> they're just like, okay, whatever. 
Yeah, like, oh, you mean those fuckers who put us in prison? Hell yeah, we'll fight them. Right? No kidding. Of course. But still, though, logistically, very impressive turn. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they also forage, uh, similar to older older militaries where logistics aren't as big a deal when you steal everything. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's true. You don't have to bring stuff with you if you just get it wherever you go. Yeah, you travel light. <laughs> and when you can just roll up your own unsuspecting logistics trains on your way out. Right, yeah. You're just... like, wait, no, no, no. I know these roads. <laughs> we don't yeah. need maps this time, boys. So I've said this in, in past podcasts. We did one, if you guys haven't listened to it, uh, it might be 3.1. I'm just shooting from the hip right now. But it was the uh, the Kiev-Moscow connection where we talked about the history of Ukraine and Russia and their various uh, entanglements, you know, Will Smith style, if you will. Um, It's just how interesting it is that these two groups of people have, have been so intermingled, you know, over, over history. And in that sense, it's really not shocking to see this kind of crazy Russian, situation unfold because if you research their history this type of shit is fairly common mm-hmm. like it, it happens a fair amount i mean uh i think irish had mentioned the other day that this reminded him of uh russia and world war one mm-hmm. where the incompetence of the generals was exposed and promoted to such a point that it it helped militarize the people against the established military, against the established government, and allowed them to overcome that in the Russian Revolution. Right. And uh, I did see some interesting parallels here, for sure. But right. Yeah, definitely echoes of the Bolsheviks. But it kind of died yeah. very quickly, or was yeah. doused very quickly by all Belarusian President Lukashenko, it seems. Yeah, yeah Which- so... So what role did he play in this? Well, so that's even up for debate, right? Yeah. As we've said a thousand times so far in the, in the 20 minutes that we've been doing this podcast here, (laughs) we don't have really any idea of what's real and what's not. We're trying to cipher through just propaganda on three or four different sides. So I think uh, there's, there's a Guardian article that's pretty decent, and they quote this guy who's a non-resident scholar at Carnegie Russia Eurasian Center, who's the founder of Sensa Analytics Political Consultancy, what, whatever. So he's, he's pretty, pretty much in the know. And he goes on to say that, I just don't think that we have any solid reason to believe that Prigozhin would listen to Lukashenko and his assurances that Lukashenko has had enough leverage and voice in Russian domestic politics to be the broker of such deals. Um, so like even, even people that study this and are very, very well versed um, are kind of just shaking their heads at this. Um, and he suggested that Alexei Dumyan, uh, I'm butchering that last name, of the Tula region of Russia, who's uh, he's a political figure of sorts. Um, he was the chief security guard for Putin a while ago. Uh, you might know the Tula region for the steel case ammo that we can no longer get thanks to um, what's his face, Byron. Um, 
So like the more that I dive into it, the less that it makes sense, but it does seem that at least, you know, Progrosin is going to stay in Belarus for now. I don't know what he's going to do. He might go back to being a chef. I, I'm not really sure. Um, but it's interesting to see that Belarus is playing not only a role of a negotiator, but also as a safe haven for someone that um, Midas, I believe you brought up earlier, had been not only condemned by Putin, but you know the threats were laid on pretty thick. So not really, yeah, <clears throat> not really sure of really mean, what we can make of this. I want to jump on that also, yeah, hit it. Meal, just from a facts standpoint because we are looking at a lot of prop you know propaganda and mixed sources so just a couple of little factoids while we before we get to the next point for everybody to think about um so russia is obviously the biggest benefactor for belarus right belarus is where these people have either been directed to go or go back to the front or join mod and they gained their independence in 1991. It has been run by the same dude, Alexander Alexander uh, Lukashenko, since 1994. Vladimir Putin joined uh, Boris Yeltsin's cabinet in 1996. So there's probably been some type of relationships there since the mid-1990s, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Then just from... Back in 2019, uh, Lukashenko and Vladimir Putin had some bilateral talks in Sochi, and I quote, Lukashenko said that their two countries could, quote, unite tomorrow, no problem, end quote. So, obviously, Putin and Lukashenko have a fairly, at least good working relationship, maybe not a close personal one, but good Mm -hmm. working relationship. So, there's... Just a couple of little facts. Let that uh, amalgamate in your brain while I let Midas get on to his next point. Yeah, no, that's a really good, really good point. I think it's once again adds to the fishiness here. Um, first of all, if I were Evgeny, I don't think I would accept exile because that's basically what this deal is um to a country in which i was readily touchable (laughs) i mean readily like easily easily probably not more easily touchable in any other country than the vatican i mean russia um (laughs) sorry i say that out loud oh shoot (laughs) different kind of touching (laughs) Uh, but Putin could get you super easy in Belarus. I mean, it's basically Russia. If yeah, all intents I mean, and purposes, what's, the what's the over under on this you guy? Do it. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the over under on this guy glowing in the next week? <laughs> high. It's high. Yeah, and, and that's that's a weird thing. That's just another level of fishiness here. Like, either all these guys are drunk as fuck. Or there's something really weird going on. Or both, since it's Russia. So. Or both. Thank you. That's true. There's always an option C. Uh, that's a good point. 
so I really, I really don't see that as being a safe haven for him. So I, I completely agree with you, Da Vinci. And, and because of that, because of all this weirdness, I think it's time we put on our tinfoil hats. Ah, uh, yeah, it's tinfoil tin time. Tinfoil hat time. Mm-hmm. I got the Costco brand. We got bulk tinfoil out here. That's right. We got to make a little jingle for tinfoil hat time. We got to have like a like a 50 style kind of. Oh, you know? yeah, I like it. Just one yeah, snap you know and I already got it going. We'll, yeah, you we'll, know what I'm saying? We'll dev that out. Yeah. But until yeah, we do. Tinfoil hat time. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm with Something it. like that. I think I'm going to jump right into tinfoil hat time, folks. Yeah, send it. <clears throat> so, this is a theory of my own creation. Yeah, what's um, what's going on here, Broniel? Tell us. I I don't know. I, I I haven't got the cork board out yet. I haven't got my ball of yarn, so I haven't been able to make the real connections. But this is what I'm looking at so far, right? Was it last week, the week before Pentagon comes out and says, hey, guys, uh, so all that aid to Ukraine, it turns out there was a bit of an accounting error to the tune of, you know, $6.2 billion over the last few years, which that's a sharp amount. And uh, it's it's kind of wondering, you know, it, it boggles the mind how that much money can go unchecked until an audit and also if there's that much room in the budget then maybe an old friend who uh is kind of known for meddling in other countries and financing and arming certain groups um i think they're called us the cib or something like that Uh, no cia that's what they're called um so one of those alphabet letters yeah it's just a soup (laughs) these days i can't really stay in touch with it all. Um, if they toss some money in Wagner's pocket, which again, they're a PMC. It's kind of what they do. If they were persuaded to push up to Moscow to show the lack of leadership and strength under Putin and Vladimir Putin or whatever his name is, and then they pull back to avoid the, the bloodshed and the insanity that would definitely come from pushing into Moscow because they might have had it easy so far, but Taking Moscow would not be not be a good time for anyone involved. So they didn't need to actually march on Moscow. You see, the damage was already done. The last people who had any faith in Putin, which, I mean, not many people do. There was a long while there where we were seeing footage of protests and all sorts of nonsense coming out of Russia in regards to Ukraine, in regards to a whole host of social issues within the country. Yeah a whole host of social issues within the country of Russia. So faith in Putin was a little bit low. And then on top of that, anyone who was kind of aligned with Putin and his strength is now seeing a massive amount of weakness. You know, so if faith drops, I can see a new government getting installed within 18 months. But again, I haven't done any research into the possibility of this. It's completely my speculation. Um, but I think it's an interesting idea, you know, to, to kind of yeah, take sure. Russia without having to take Russia, you know, to devalue <laughs> their, their yeah. strength and, and their military might, which they've kind of already done in Ukraine. Um, this just takes it a, de- a step further and shows that they're not able to secure their own homeland. Um, 
So right. I don't know. I like that. One. I like that tinfoil hat. That was a that was a well built tinfoil hat. I appreciate it. It's got four points to it. Stops the five G. Um, <laughs> and then the you get a you get a solid A on your uh, on your craft project. It's Thank what, you. I appreciate it. It's what you get when you buy Kirkland brand tin foil from Costco. <laughs> little shameless hey, plug. It's well, you finest. get a lot. You get a lot for it. You get it's a lot for your money. You told, many people have told me. They've told me it's the best. I hear it from everyone. They're all saying Kirkland brand number one tin foil. No one's going to tell me any different. Um, and then another one that I just want to add in there. This is a, a quick one that uh, there's a theory that. Putin tried to kill the Lussie Stanko over there, and that failed. So now he's going to take Wagner, take Prigozhin, make a fighting force, and then do the same to Putnam. But uh, I, I don't know if that's – I don't know how much water that one holds. That's just a little quickie freebie that I want to throw in there. Bro, okay. I barely okay. know who you're talking about when you start making up all these names. <laughs> I know I gotta I gotta stick to one fake name instead of bouncing around. <laughs> what was the last yeah. one? That was good. I gotta write that down. What was it? Uh, uh, no, the the Lussy Stanko. <laughs> yeah, Lussy yeah. Stanko. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, I think that's a pretty okay. decent one. Roger yeah. that. Roger that. Um, okay, so I'm gonna jump in because right. I've I've had a work. Here we go, here. Boomer. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, I have I've really been questioning how legitimate so Pergozin's criticism of the Russian military and Putin is um, like we touched on earlier they are longtime friends or at least co-workers associates and I've been wondering <laughs> if it some of this hasn't been uh, fuck! I just totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I I got Boomer off track. Kind of fuck around a little bit over here. Boomer, please continue. <laughs> Carry on your point. It was a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Okay. So, anyways, we talked about you know the war hasn't been going particularly well, and my thought was that was this orchestrated to see who within the Russian cabinet and Russian military leadership would potentially switch sides and join or at least sympathize with Wagner or at least express uh, sympathy, right, towards them. So in an effort to eventually sure. remove them, identify them, remove them, and, you know, get rid of all that that bad juju from the military leadership. So I like it out of, out of curiosity, the boomer, do you think say if Shoigu was removed um, as defense minister as a result of this or in the coming weeks, we'll just say therefore being tied to this event, do you think that'd be a, a show of weakness by Putin or strength? I mean, that's, that's a good question. I could see how it would be perceived in both ways. Um, right. I think it's a show of strength in the sense that he's willing to do 
some pretty devious and conniving stuff to root out people that aren't working for him and are working against him. Sure. I'm glad that you can see that it can be perceived both ways because most people in our country can't see that things can be perceived multiple ways. So I'm proud of you, Boomer. Well, here's another way it could be perceived. It could be perceived as a strength of Putin to take criticism which he has not been known for, right? He's kind of that guy, if you criticize, you disappear. But if he were able to function almost as a benevolent, older, wiser leader, to take this advice, we'll call it advice, (laughs) to remove some of these leaders in his military that have not been producing results, I view that as a show of strength as well. I know that goes against the Russian oligarchy mafia style way of doing things. But for me, that, that falls in the strength category as well. Yeah. And that, it seems counterintuitive, but I mean, Russia has not been involved in a conflict of this magnitude for a very long time and times have changed. Public perception of military conflict has changed. What people are willing to stomach has changed. So that, that is a very good point. Yeah, definitely. So so that could be strength, but how could this also be viewed as weakness? Like the whole situation or uh, this specific I would theory? say the, the the pardoning, if you will. Yeah, I think I think the situation you, you can't criticize too much because you know, leaders were trying what they could to stop the situation as it was happening. So you can kind of dismiss anything that would make anyone look weak, you know, in the name of just stopping things where they were. But now kind of going back on that, that whole strong handed, I'm going to crush everyone that was involved in this. And then kind of, I don't know. I would say rolling that back and allowing them to head over to an allied nation and hang out there or kind of go back to the field camps and hang out there or be absorbed. And I don't know. It doesn't seem like that strong hand is present anymore. And I think that's what makes him look weak more than anything else. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, based on my limited knowledge, to be fair of Russian culture and what that looks like, that's not really what they're looking for in a politician, which is why, Putin has been able to stay in either the office of the prime minister or the president or, you know, for all intents and purposes, leader of Russia since like 1999. Um, So I don't think that any path down what we maybe would consider strength is like taking criticism openly and learning from it and yada, yada is not how it's not how it works over there. Yes. Times are changing and it's not, you know, the eighties and nineties anymore, you're coming out of that kind of hardened Soviet ideal into more of a modern European nation. Um, but I think still the Russian people have a very strong sense of themselves and they're the biggest country on the planet. And, you know, I think there's some ego that comes with that and Putin has to maintain that. So taking a step off of that, by 
making these pardons while right. still having access to some of these guys if they do go to Belarus. And it's still kind of a weak play to me because you got to dig into it a little bit to see that, yeah, you still have control over those people in we also, Belarus. We also really aren't seeing how this is being spun in Russia, right? On Russian state media. I mean, I don't know. Like everything that I've seen about this has been either from a U.S. media source or closely aligned ally. And of course, yes, there's some Instagram pages, too, that might be showing the objective truth. Uh, But how much of what we're seeing is actually coming from Russian media and how are they spinning this? Yeah, no, that, that's a great point, actually. Um, you know, back to that whole seeing things from both perspectives concept, right? Is I, I can only imagine that judging by Putin's first address to the nation, he talked about these, these people basically stabbing Russia in the back. And then 24 hours later, he comes on saying... Oh, by the way, you guys can either go home or you can go to Belarus or you can join the army. It's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't see how that's not perceived as weak in that sense. Um, it's like on one hand, their, their strength portrayed by getting whatever he did to get Wagner to turn around on that road to Moscow whether that was based on leverage he held over Prigozhin, whether that's Lushenko's actions, whether it's, I mean, God knows what, right? There's, there's all kinds of funky stuff going on behind the scenes there. But at the end of the day, how strong are you if you can have your enemy turn around while he's assaulting your capital without firing a shot? could be viewed as strength as well. So I think it's all about how this is framed sure. by Putin and his regime. I think it could be framed a number of different ways. Um, whether it's the translation itself and some of the the essence that's lost in translation, I'm not really seeing that taking mm-hmm. effect. I'm not, I'm not seeing them capitalizing on that the way that they could, uh, the way that any good PR firm would <laughs> in America. You know, it's just, it's strange. It's it's strange on so many different levels. And I really think that the next week is going to be telling. Yeah. Um, It's been a weird kind of all quiet on the Eastern front sort of day after something like that happens. You would think that there would be a little more capitalization. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm sure it's real busy somewhere. Sure. Um, But we're just not really hearing about it. To your mm-hmm. point. And and I think a lot of that is also due to the fact that Russia, over the course of the conflict with Ukraine, has banned a number of the larger media sources from conducting any sort of journalism uh, in Russia. So even uh, Deutsche Weile, so DW News, one of the best news sources covering the Ukraine conflict, they've been banned. Um I believe most American journalists have as well. So just trying to get a glimpse on what's going on on the inside and peel back the layers a little bit is, is tricky for sure. Yeah. And going, 
going back to your point on the whole idea of strength, you know, stopping that type of advance without a shot being fired. Since we are in tinfoil hat land, I got one too. Everybody else kind of had a shot. But, okay, so we've talked about several of, we've kind of touched on this idea a few times with the, I think somebody mentioned false flag a little earlier. And, yes, you know, this is almost like a false flag inception. So, this all is orchestrated between Pergozin, Lukashenko, and Putin, and all of their minions. Okay, we sacrifice a couple of pilots. They go down. All these Russian guys join in. You know, probably some of that is just uh, how the fog of war plays out. He probably wasn't expecting Russian troops to join up, but maybe he was like, okay, you're going to come up. You're going to get close to Russia. We're going to get close to digging in. But then I'm going to go let you hang out in Belarus. You're going to run off in disgrace. I'm not going to talk about you in the press. You're just going to kind of disappear. And now you're kind of free to do whatever you want, but you're not really. You still, I own you. Now you've got like a false flag within a false flag because now people are like, does Wagner like work for the CIA now? Do they work for Belarus? Do they work for Ukraine? Or are they still working for who they worked for before? So now we're like four walls in and I'm just going to lose everybody on the podcast. But just, it's just like, sounds like some kind of devious Russian spy shit that they would do. Um, Especially when you have control over your neighbor like that, where you can just send all these guys, hey, uh, they're going to put you up in bed and breakfast. Um, You know, you can stay with sister. She is. Most attractive prostitute in all of Kazakhstan. You know, yeah. like, she's and they're right there. Three. Number three. And you're just going to kind of chill out until Mother Russia calls on you again. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So You never know what's going on with these guys. So I, I think there's some now truth to what you said. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I think there's some truth to what you said because now a lot of the Western world is, um, they're actually criticizing Belarus for, sheltering a war criminal. Right. So it's, it's not like Pergozin could have just shifted gears and defected to MI six. Right. Or gone over to the CIA cleanly given all that he's been implicated in. Right. So in that sense, it's, it is almost like this, this could be a big show. So you got it. Pergozin. Yeah. Out of Russia, out of Ukraine, but still not put him in a position where he's getting arrested and extradited. Yeah. You still have a bad guy that can do bad things, but he's For just not you. in jail and he's not in your country. Right. He's not in but, an active war zone. But and now, <laughs> now there's, you know, four to eight aircraft that register on your plausible deniability chart. Ooh. Hey, oh, I, I wouldn't be working on behalf now. of Russia. Look what I did to Russia. Fifth wall now, yeah. Right? For sure. Interesting. Wow. We live in an interesting world. And uh, unfortunately, over the past couple of years, Tinfoil Hat Time has produced some very accurate premonitions. <laughs> so <laughs> just something to think about uh, as you guys are monitoring this. 
uh, via I hope that various one's not news true, sources. They could probably do some damage in that type of situation. Like that gives well, you a pretty lethal force that doesn't really have accountability to anyone. Oh well, yeah, it's and they haven't really more, anyhow, right? right? But I think that dotted line has been more drawn as a result of Ukraine. Therefore, it needs to become dotted again. Hmm. Um. But with that being said, I mean, I, it just seems like a really drastic way of doing that. <laughs> it it really does. Yeah. So so I wouldn't be surprised to see the truth being a mix of a lot of these different theories sprinkled in with just a little bit of crazy Russian sentiment there. A little bit of vodka splashed on top. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. And I think that somewhere in the middle is probably the truth. Um, the, the truth itself may not actually emerge in this case. I wouldn't be surprised to see it not. I think that there's just so much in play here. We may never not know the full story, but it was quite the weekend for sure. So we didn't even mention the fact that there's all kinds of other folks, including the agency uh, Britain, a lot of other major world governments that would not want to see Russia's nuclear arsenal either uh, poof, disappear as a result of a failed state emerging in this area or just be outright turned against Western powers by this very belligerent uh, former head of a mercenary organization. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we did not touch on that. So there's there's some other concerns at play here too, which which factors in the world's safety. Uh, We've all seen movies of what, wherever there's a terrorist organization trying to get a nuke, where are they doing it? Russia, Eastern Bloc country, or Russia, <laughs> Ukraine, yeah. oh, some oh, yeah, right. out warehouse. <laughs> Don't you know they're the same, according to Putin, Brownie? Mm-hmm. But you guys catch my drift, though. You know, Lord of War, right? Watch that, and you'll understand just the the vacuum that presents itself following the dissolution of a governing body in this part of the world. It's it's crazy. It's tremendous. I think you pulled a George yeah. Bush there. And not to mention, you know, dissolution the, and uh, dissolution. <laughs> dissolution is a word. I'm gonna look it up. I, you look that up, and I'll ramble. Um, and the dissolving you know, to, and dissolution. I think you put those two together. Hey, that's all right. If he did, he's making. Sorry, go ahead. He's no, dis- uh, dissolution, the closing dissolution. down or dismissal of an assembly. Whoa. Suck it. Right. Yeah, I um, said dissolution. You said dissolution. And what an assembly it was. Um, it was dissolving the dissolution. Um, and what assembly it was. You know, the the Soviet machine was absolutely amazing at cranking out all these weapons. And and to see just the, the sheer numbers of things that have gone missing. I mean, I, it is such not only a power vacuum, but it's it's it was poised at, at such a, a weird angle because there was so much to be sold and so much to be given away. And also no one to account for it. Um, so, yeah. Wild. What an interesting world we live in. Is it not? It's 
pretty neat. And and my dogs could get shot over a, a short neat. pistol. So yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a pretty neat world. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it, it's not without its challenges. That's for sure. Um, well, thank you, thank you guys so much for joining us this evening. Um, really trying to figure out was this a vodka fueled tantrum, or was this something more calculated? Time will tell. Pretty interesting. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your time. Get removed. Find out on the next episode of the Path (laughs) 5 Podcast. Path 5 Podcast. See if Vladdy Daddy gets the boot. We shall see. I think that's one of my favorite nicknames that Broniel has given Vladimir Putin uh, this night. Vladdy Daddy. I like that one. Uh, with that being said, thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad you guys were here um, for me to invent a new word. That was amazing. <laughs> much. It's a good word. It's a good word. It's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, <laughs> and much thanks to my team for taking time out of their busy lives to sit down with you guys and, and conduct an awful lot of research beforehand, trying to figure out exactly what the crap is going on in this crazy world we live in. We are currently um, taking a little hiatus from our apparel store. Uh, we're we're going to come back with a much better and more reliable version shortly. Uh, we've already got some samples in that look super good. Really liking the direction that we're heading in. And all that will greatly support the production of this podcast. And it helps the team get together more often. It helps the team come together and produce this content for you. Uh, Another way you can support the team is by going to our Instagram. You can click our main bio, check out all of our affiliate links to companies like Palmetto State Armory, as well as Aero Precision. If you're doing a new build, which you should be doing, because you should always have a build in progress. Swing on over there, pick up some accessories by clicking on our link. And also swing by Mission First Tactical and use the code PATH5, capital P, capital F, no spaces, to get 20% off your order. That greatly supports the team as well. So thank you guys so much for your time. Be safe. Be good members of your community. And until next time, this has been the PATH5 Podcast.